Good evening, or day, or time. Morning, evening, afternoon. Those are the options uh, during which you might be watching this. And this podcast is called Better Than Wine. And I am Riley, and that is Sean. Yes. Do a little royal... The wave. Hello, out there. (laughs) Um... So, should we... Should we just jump right into it? Yeah, let's, um, well, let's talk about what wine oh, we're going to be better than today. Yes. Would you like me to read it since sure. it's in Spanish? Yeah. Or, actually, I think it might it's be really, in Portuguese. It's all you. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I think it's Portuguese, actually. Portuguese, so. This is a fine red wine that's mm-hmm. been aging in our priest's house... Houses? Multiple, Multiple different houses he's lived in. have been made for ten years. Mm-hmm. It is a Quinta das Carvalhas. Yikes. What does that mean? I have no idea. Hmm. Uh, I know Reserva is... Reserve. Reserve. Ruby Reserve. It's a Ruby Porto. Porto. It's a port wine. Yeah. Uh, port wines traditionally come from Portugal. Smart. So... Very smart. Um, yes. What was it saying? It's quite strong, so our glasses are very not full tonight. Not very full tonight? Not very full. Glass half empty. Um, it's more than half empty. It means oak farm. Oak farm. In Portuguese. It has a very af- <laughs> oaky afterbirth. Nope. <laughs> Alright, good. Well, you got an office reference. Are you happy? Oh, I thought that was Parks and Rec. They blur together. Mm, I thought... No, put it on the coaster. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Jeez, you I'm pre- savage. I'm pretty sure that's Michael. Says that's very oaky, oaky after birth. And then Jim's like, what? It's <laughs> so, very dark, it's dark very red. Dark. <laughs> I don't usually drink dark red wines, but... It's just very strong. I make an exception for port wines. Mm-hmm. Is that that's because you've been to Portugal? Um, no. Well, no. It's because port wines are amazing. Okay. Although, since you brought it up, that's why I brought it up. The best port wine I ever had was in Portugal. Makes sense. It's very hard to find a good port wine mm. over here. Yeah, I remember we tried to get one like once or we twice. We tried to buy one for somebody as a gift. And it was very difficult to find. We got one for ourselves too, and it was not very good. It was bad, very bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, this is a good one. It is very good. The bottle is also interesting for those of you who Mm -hmm. can't see. People who like to collect things. (laughs) Yes, for people. Well, I'll post a picture uh, in uh, on our Instagram. Better than one podcast on Instagram. Yes. Good. So. Um. Did you have more? No. Cool. I, I'm i like thrown off because we got a little bit of a late start, so. We did. Should jump right into it. Let's do it. So today, we have talked about the beginning so far, but now we're actually going to look at the first two chapters of Genesis. Should be very easy to find. Um, 
<clears throat> wow. Yes. So right literally to the beginning of the Bible is where we're looking. Um, and if you're going to check out the actual audiences, these are covered in audiences two and three. Yes. So um, each, like literally audience two is one uh, chapter and third, uh, audience three is the other chapter. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about those. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. So, so why don't you break down for us the difference between the two, and then as we go through them, we can note... Yeah. The evidence of the differences, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so we look at the first one first. Makes sense. Yes. Uh, John Paul II will... He has a few different ways of trying to differentiate between the two accounts. And I, don't, I feel kind of dumb, but before I had like studied or heard of Theology of the Body... It never occurred to me <laughs> that the first two chapters were different accounts. I don't know why. I was just like, this is all just the same thing. Continue. I always thought that chapter two was a continuation mm-hmm. of Genesis one. Mm-hmm. And kind of like, oh, here's a more detailed account of... <laughs> The second, not second day, the, sorry, second chapter is a more detailed account of day six. Right. Is that not? So no. Um, so they're, they're completely, two completely separate, um, like, creation accounts. Huh. Uh, and John Paul II notes for us that the chapter one account is, like, the more recent one that's been written. Um, the point, kind of the point he makes in saying that is that it's, um, you can kind of see how just in the way that it's written, it's a lot more advanced, sort of more mature, is what he says. Uh, and it's more kind of metaphysical in the terms it uses. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. That we'll, we'll look at. Um, but then the second account is much more like like it's it's older so it's like more ancient uh, and also is just very like physical kind of personal I feel like personal uh, and even has sort of a like primitive more primitive feel to it mm-hmm. uh, so the first one um, he is the one he looks at first uh, to say that Again, kind of in the, the way that it covers creation, again, I think something that um, anybody who has at least grown up around the Bible uh, is kind of familiar Not with me. the structure of Genesis chapter 1, uh, that, you know, it's like here are the, the days of creation, but mm-hmm. right, of course what we're more focused on is, you know, it's day 
6 when uh, God creates man. Um, again, just the, again, a lot of the things that uh, John Paul II is pointing out is how the, the fact that we're kind of seeing like in that moment before you create, God creates man, um, he kind of stops for a second kind of goes back into himself and like almost as like a discussion with himself like um we will create man in our image uh which is like compare that to the rest of creation like god didn't didn't like stop and think (laughs) just kind of like here's the the earth and the sky and the water it was all all like a uh it was all a fluid Mm mm-hmm act right until that moment yeah where he stopped right and it's like the kind of point of that it's like like, okay here's this is something different i just want to say i'm way way ahead on the like count (laughs) i've noticed myself (laughs) and also um (laughs) it's like like, it's driving me crazy (laughs) Anyways. I want to note. Yeah, sorry. Because we did not have these issues before we started working with teenagers. Yeah. We were much more eloquent. Mm -hmm. And it's true. It rubs off, like, who you're around. Like, Like, who you're around rubs off on you. And... Mm -hmm. We are around 14, 15, 16 year olds. Younger, too. A lot. Yes. And that's just kind of, first of all, that's how you hear them talk. And then it's like, I don't know, for me, it's, it's, I think it's different to say it's like something. Are you going to make a simile? Yes. Okay. Um, because uh, it's, I'll change it up a little bit. It's almost as if. You're trying to like. Ah! <laughs> you're, you're trying to kind of speak to them, the way that they speak. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, when somebody asks you a question, or talks to you, it's a normal thing, I think. And some people are more inclined to this but the personality mirroring mm-hmm. is a normal thing yeah definitely. so you and I talk to different groups of 14 year olds multiple times a week mm-hmm. and then we sit down and we talk to each other <laughs> and we've just spent a bunch of time personality mirror not personality mirroring to the you know right. exact degree mm-hmm. but in a sense uh to the 14-year-olds, then we sit down with each other, and we've both been doing this. And there's... It's it's just bad. It's just bad. And we we obviously notice it. Yes. <laughs> and want to be better. Yeah. But this podcast is unedited for the most part. Yep. Except for when I got a tissue two weeks ago. Right. Um... So we're obviously not going to make you guys wait an entire time I'm getting a tissue. Yeah. But we don't script anything. Mm. 
we don't I aside from reviewing the things that we want to talk about just which we've which been talking about for so long for so long and reviewing it just means like briefly skimming yeah <laughs> the audience because we've been talking about it for so long I I love that we have organic conversation yeah and that I can point out in the middle of our conversation that you're saying like a lot and I'm pretty sure I said it too but while you were okay. saying it I thought I'm not gonna be <laughs> I'm not gonna be as bad as him <laughs> oh no I don't want to get into that whole conversation you we talked be, about sin last you want to be like the uh the tax collector not the the Pharisee is that who it was I guess yeah thank, you. thank god I'm not as bad as him Oh. oh my gosh. Look at you. Alright. Okay. Well, anyways. So, back to Genesis. Yep. As, as we do. So, um, again, with Genesis 1, which... I want to get this right. I think this is right. Oh, might want to t- check. I'll tell you if it's wrong. Will you? You might want this. Let's bring this over. It's always good yes. to have the actual audiences. The very loved copy of... Yeah, they don't know that when they're listening, but if you're watching... You see well, it, that it's missing an entire cover. Yeah. Uh, so John Paul II calls the... He'll refer to um, the first account of creation, Genesis 1, as the Eloist, if I've said that right. Uh, account, or like, because Elohim is the word used to uh, refer to God in that text, uh, and again because it's the more chronologically recent uh, writing, uh, he says that you know it's it's more of uh, like a respect, more again more mature, I think is the way he puts it. Uh, and then the second account. I feel like maybe technical. Yeah. Is the word yeah. you're looking for? Is yeah, that would that, that be? That, that, yeah, that would work. Uh, and then the second uh, account he refers to as the Yahwist text because Yahweh is the the name of God used in the text. Yes. So. <clears throat> now, it was explained to me. By our pastor slash my boss. Yes. That it makes sense for the first account, which was written after, mm-hmm. to be the Eloist account. Mm-hmm. Because that would is the name that Jewish people use for God since they don't say Yahweh. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good distinction. It makes yeah, it simple and easy to yeah. remember. When you say like it's more mature, it's more technical, it's it's clearly written from the perspective, maybe, mm-hmm. if that's the right word, of a Jewish person who is familiar with the other texts yeah. that, that were in existence at that point. Now at that, that point. Now that you've said that, put it that way, 
uh, I think the word that John Paul II actually used is uh, priestly. Oh, I like which, that. Which makes a lot more sense. Uh, because, yeah, like, like just like he said, um, they wouldn't use the... They wouldn't actually like literally say the, the word Yahweh. He does use priestly. Okay, good. Uh, so then Yahweh, right, used in the second um, account, which I, I don't think I ever knew that because I never read the, uh, the original text. In Hebrew? Right. Okay. But, I mean, I feel like if you, like, okay, so myself, right, growing up through Catholic schools my whole life, right, we learn about Moses and, right, that God tells Moses his yes. name is Yahweh. That, that's, like, where you hear that. But then actually Genesis 2 was apparently using this phrase way before that. And it's like, okay. Why, yes. didn't, why has no one said that? But because most people aren't biblical scholars. Well, okay. Well, whatever. Uh, but anyways, so again, just kind of, I think it too, going off of what you said about what um, Father told you about using the um, Elohim. 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 Uh, it also kind of in reverse makes sense that in this older and more sort of primitive text that they use Yahweh where it's like yeah okay they don't have something else. Well I think it speaks too to and we'll get to this next week in more detail but to the relationship that was had mm-hmm. between Adam and Eve and original creation, I'll call it. Um, I don't think that's a term used anywhere else, but... Um, you do. Good. The relationship and the, that was had between creation, Adam and Eve, and God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, at that time before the fall. So then... There is a word, a phrase for that. Yeah, it's called original unity. Yeah, okay. Yes. Good. So. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Um, now that I told you about, now that I said that we don't edit this podcast, except for that one time I needed a tissue, I'm going to need a tissue during this one, too. Well... I can make it. We need a break anyways. Wait, we'll take one. Maybe soon. Okay. You can no. check while I look at this. Okay. Um. Yes. So. Go. I think you understand what I'm getting at, but I'm wondering yeah. if I want to clarify it like a little bit more. In that Yahweh, to me at least, not being a biblical scholar, mostly just being an enthusiast of theology of the body mm-hmm. and Catholicism. <laughs> theology. Having like a, a theology degree that a lot of other people also have. Um, okay. Yahweh, to me signifies kind of a more intimate name Mm -hmm. for God 
the fact that Jewish people don't use it, I think, speaks heavily to that my my Mm -hmm. line of thought. Right. Yeah. Um. And it, I think it does. That second account of Genesis to me is all about relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely the big takeaway there. <laughs> that um, I think we'll get more into, but uh, yeah, I think that it's a really, really good point that um, it is more like yeah, like God and Adam and Eve, like they were like, hanging out in the garden. You know. Yeah, it said like so, uh, <laughs> where does it in Genesis two? I think. It says that God, like, walked among them. Right. Yeah. And so it makes sense to me that they would have called him by Mm -hmm. his name. Right. Yeah. Rather than... I want to be careful about how I talk about the word Elohim. Okay. The name, I guess, would be the... Yeah. It's... To me, I want to use the word veiled, mm-hmm. but m- I think a lot of people think that, or, or and maybe they don't think, but unintentionally associate the word veiled with, like, to be diminished or hidden or partial even. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it is like the tabernacle has the veils mm-hmm. inside, and it used to be veiled around the outside. Right. I love when we go to churches and we see the tabernacle mm-hmm. with the veils. Um, but it's kind of like Yahweh is the unveiled version. Right. Uh, Elohim. Elohim is is the veiled version, like the tabernacle to the Yahweh, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Well, now would be a great time for a break. Okay, cool. Because I need. I love that point, but it is, uh, and that's what we'll probably we'll try to pick up on that. Come back to that. Yeah. Momentarily. Yes. One eternity later. Thank you for holding. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we were discussing the Yahwist versus the Elohist tradition traditions. Um, translation. I think translation is the text accounts. Yes, accounts. Okay. That's it. There That's it is. The one. We found it. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> of Genesis 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And... And the last point that you had made was, I believe, about... How Yahweh is, like, a more yes. intimate name. And... To me, Elohim is, like, the veil of the tabernacle Mm -hmm. and also I just want you to know that I intentionally used the word like there yes 
because it was a simile. That wasn't going to question it. Thank you. But uh, what I, I was thinking about, uh, I used the like the the word uh, veil. Yes. And how I like what you said before about how that's not to say that it's diminishing in any way or like said it again uh, or like hiding oh my gosh. Can't, I can't stop uh, you know hiding something or uh, I think in this case you're hiding, I guess but yeah not. so uh, the word that I, I settled on was to for it to be like partial mm, yeah uh, or somehow not the fullness of mm-hmm. right and I don't think that's what Elohim is. And I also want to say, if we're pronouncing this incorrectly, yeah. <laughs> our apologies. We don't speak Hebrew. <laughs> right. Um, Had a little practice. Yeah, so... I think that's where I settled, was on... It's not a partial. Right. I'm trying to remember the Hebrew. I do know. Do you know some Hebrew? Yeah, just from household. Oh. Oh my gosh. You guys used so much Hebrew. Not so much. Like two parts. In comparison to every other household. That's fair. Can't remember. It's sad. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. There are some people who are going to be really disappointed. No, at least one person who I don't remember. Oh, probably. Not who I was thinking of. Dave. Okay, probably a good handful (laughs) who would probably. Everyone except you. Everybody except me, yeah. (laughs) Oh, well. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, using the name Elohim for God is not uh, partial. Yeah, I think that's good. And something that John Paul II points out is. The wording um, in the Hebrew is very important to uh, these accounts of creation. More particularly, I think, in the second uh, second account. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, should we talk about? That? Yeah. Do you want to just like delve into the specific accounts? Yeah, I think that's maybe what we should do. Which one? You said you wanted so, to start with the first one. Start with the first one, which we sort of done already. Yeah. Uh, and that's where it is where in that chronological order of like the first day, the second day, right. the third day. Um, sort of the penultimate day, right? If I'm using it correctly. <laughs> of the sixth day. I try not to use words that I don't fully <clears throat> understand. I just feel like everything I say is so much more open to criticism like here than just like, if I was just talking to you, I would pretend like I, <laughs> I knew better. <laughs> but, like, other people would be Other like, people are going to know, and they're going to correct you, and it's okay if you're wrong. So, anyways, watch uh, our first episode about temperaments to understand why I'm like this. <laughs> Where Riley openly criticizes you for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> so, just my absolute worst nightmare. Uh, anyways. <laughs> um, oh my god. So, 
yeah, so again, we're looking at the first uh, account of creation, and I'm confident enough, I'll say the penultimate day of the sixth day of creation, yes. that God uh, creates man, right? And important that we note for this account that uh, right, God just creates man and woman at the same time, like there's no delay or anything. Uh, it's, you know, it's just like, boom, made, uh, and, you know, and this is very good. Um, and I think that's part of what the first count of creation, there's more kind of like differentiating, like, man from the rest of creation. Yeah. So one of the things that I told my eighth grade girls about, mm-hmm. um, and I hadn't really read this anywhere, but it was my own... I feel confident enough to make my own interpretations <laughs> of these things after years of, <clears throat> of reading and And again, teaching. refer to our episode on the four temperaments. <laughs> Dang! Dictator. That was very choleric of you. <laughs> it was a little bit. Anyways. <laughs> Passive-aggressive. Come on, what did you make up for that? <laughs> You know, doctors of the church are people who have contributed something new to the tradition of theology. So I have to be making things mm-hmm. up. Yeah, that's what a doctorate is. I thought it was just that they, their work was substantial to understanding what was already there. Yeah, not not new. So that's not like but, new information. Well. Because if you're making something new, it's probably the opposite. I, well, you could have like new interpretations. <laughs> Or yeah. new analyses. That's what Luther without... said, too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> did the Taco Bell do this to you? It did something. Go on, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to say this, and you're probably going to subtly agree and move on like it's no big deal, and that I didn't make it up. I didn't make it up, though. I don't think. Probably not. Go on. I think it's a simplified version of other people's analyses. Okay? Okay. Which is that the first account of creation, and knowing that it came after the second account, Mm -hmm. to me shows, and is, I think, meant to show how God created this world for us and we are the pinnacle of creation. Mm -hmm. I think you and I have had this discussion a little bit before when we were talking about Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I said, like, this earth has to be good enough for us Mm -hmm. because it was created for us Mm -hmm. and nothing else was created for us. Right. So that's my interpretation. I think, no, that's good. Um, And I I don't think... Well, here comes the part where you breeze right by it. No, I'm not. I'm specifically (laughs) stopping. of course that's right. 
No, what I was going to say was that, I don't know that I've specifically heard it put that way before, uh, but it is true. Mm -hmm. I think this is clearly like kind of what this is showing is, you know, God, I mean, God even says he makes man the steward over all of creation. Right. Like... But he also puts all of creation at the, I don't want to say, like, at the disposal, because that, yeah. but, you know, well, like, they're objects. Yeah. it's, <laughs> you know, you are free to eat of any tree in the garden, you mm-hmm. are, um, what does it say, like, to... subdue it yeah well the um gosh um the sorry I didn't put you on the spot gosh what does that call the first it's, it's like the, first, the great commandment or oh um, um it says what can I remember the phrase this is again showing that we're not experts we're just enthusiasts yeah the great commission no, that's the other thing. Yeah, that's the gospel. Yeah. Um, it's like the primordial commandment, maybe? Be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, and fill the earth and subdue it. Yes, fill the earth and subdue it. And, yeah. But it also mm. no. <clears throat> says, like, God brought each animal to Adam. Mm-hmm. And whatever Adam called it was its name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like he didn't have to do that. Right. Like, God yeah. could have just... Like, boom, here's a horse. Okay, now Adam's created. Hey, Adam, that's a horse. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's partially, maybe, depending on how you want to look at it, again, drawing to the idea that... Uh, the importance of you know again just like we're talking about like if this is for you like God didn't create this thing and give it a name and tell you its name right because then it's you know a little bit less kind of your own right um, where whereas if he's saying you have dominion over this Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to let you, you know, you will be the one to name it, and that will be its name. Well, I think also, if he had given, if God had given the animals names, mm-hmm. and then just informed Adam, mm-hmm. this is what this is then I don't think that hierarchy of relationship would be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That places Adam in dominion over the animals. Yeah. I'm trying to think, too, because I wonder if part of it... Um, something I, didn't, I haven't thought of before just now um, with us talking about this is if that's maybe meant to um, also with kind of the theme of the rest of this account trying to show 
God treating man differently from the rest of creation. That, you know. To set him above it. Right, that God is naming the animals, but God is, you know, like, this is man, this is woman. Right. Right, so he's like, God is giving humanity their Their name. name, Yeah. Whereas then humanity can go and name everything else. Right. All the other living creatures. Yes. But yeah, just again, kind of setting them apart. However, Adam named Eve. In the second account. I don't think she's... They don't really... That's what, this, the, yeah. this is all in the second account. Okay. So it's a, it's a little different. I think we might have got a little mixed up. Yeah, I thought we were still talking about the first account. Yeah, me too. But that this isn't in the first account. The naming of the oh, animals. and the naming of the animal. I did get confused. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the first account's so straightforward with really just, like, the days. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to the naming of the animals because I said that those days of creation and that progression yeah, and how God, you know, he started with well, the emptiness, but that progression of, if you really look at it, even scientifically, each next part of creation depends Mm -hmm. on the previous one. Yeah. And so that natural order was, was established and never ignored. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't just like, boom, all of these things. Mm -hmm. It was made in a way that led up to us humanity being created and then a sustainable um, environment and being placed I think placed in a sustainable environment mm-hmm. right that was interdependent mm-hmm. um, whereas he like could have made everything all at the same time and made it all work together, and then the progression could have began. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to, and it's making me remember something I heard recently. I forget who it was, um, but kind of the same line of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, that, if I remember right, someone was using to, um, in a way, try to convince guess it, it must have been an atheist in, to um, the believing in the existence of God mm-hmm. by saying like, just look at it, like humans like <laughs> we don't make sense from the rest of creation right that, like why do we have free will and intellect and all others are bound to instinct <laughs> like are we just some weird exception that just happened right like how likely or more unlikely yeah (laughs) is that um i forget the the rest of the context of that but again that just like made me think of that that, yeah that even looking at this again like you can sort of look at it scientifically in a way uh that the creation of the world you know is not 
when you read the Bible, right, that there's different senses to read mm-hmm. it in. Um, so we don't always read everything literally. Uh, but in some sense, you know, again, we believe in creation, right? Literally believe again, God created the world, the whole like the laws of physics, mm-hmm. <laughs> how things work together. Uh, the things we can't, um, we might not even fully understand, uh, but a lot of it we, we do see and sort of accept it <laughs> for right. what it is. Um, it's like, okay, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> which I think is, you know, important and kind of like you're saying that this sort of naturally leads, you know, building upon itself. Right. Um, giving that uh, importance to it. And, you know, just looking at it in this context, at least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, just again, man's place uh, within creation. Right. So, anything else on the first account? Um, actually, let me look really quick just okay. to see if, was, if I want to miss anything from John Paul II himself. The true uh, expert. Oh, um, okay. Well, he, he, uh, so one thing I was trying to talk about earlier is what he calls the first blessing. Yes, okay. God I knew bless that's them and sent to them, be fruitful and multiply. The first so blessing. Do it and okay. It. Yeah. I thought, I would have offered that, but at the time I thought you were trying to offer no. a carefully chosen word. No, I just couldn't remember. Okay, yeah. Uh, but then, uh, I guess, we want to also mention that maybe we touched on it a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, in, this is in this first account is where we hear the very, very common, you know, again, as far as in Christianity, uh, you hear this phrase, you know, created in the image and likeness of God, the right God says to himself, <laughs> right, as you know, the Trinity, um, right, just kind of says, like, let us make man in our image. Right. Um, and just how important that is where you know again kind of looking at the rest of creation it didn't seem like there was as much thought put into it as much care he's like saying okay I'm going to make this other new you know person not to say like he didn't care but like that there was a special Mm -hmm. intentionality yes because also throughout the different days of creation God creates it and then the end of the day is that he looks at it and he says this is good right? yeah. and then with he makes man he creates man and says this is very good mm-hmm. um, so again there's goodness through all of it but yeah. kind of again like a special <laughs> nod to humanity <laughs> right I think it's interesting I was just reading here in the bible <laughs> Just casually. Just casually reading her <laughs> in the Bible. Um, the sixth day of creation. Mm-hmm. So he pauses and he, but then he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Mm-hmm. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle and all over the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. 
So God created man in his own image. The image in the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Mm-hmm. And God blessed them with the blessing, be fruitful, multiply. But um, what I mentioned earlier about like in in passing, really about man having dominion over creation mm-hmm. wasn't even a thing said to Adam like mm-hmm. you have dominion right it was implicit but obvious mm-hmm. right yeah and it's sort of something that you know they Adam and Eve would have understood again just uh, in that time, again, before sin, you know, they would see the world in front of them and understand it, <laughs> you know, more so than, and under, not just the world around them, but understand themselves and their relationship to it. Uh, okay. <clears throat> so. So we'll talk about the second, second account now? Is that what we're about to do? Yes, we're talking about the second account now. Okay. So the second account, again, the Yahwist account. Yes. Um, again, the older of the two creation accounts. Uh, and again, how this one, it is, John Paul II defines it as more primitive in its language. Right. Um, and again, more physical. Uh, and he specifically makes reference to uh, the part where God is creating man. Right. Um, he says he, he took him from the earth and formed him. Uh, blew into his nostrils, like as, as if God has these like physical features, um, which is kind of interesting when you actually <laughs> stop and think about it. Uh, but again, just kind of more of that like older, kind of more ancient way, I guess it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this would be where it'd be really nice to be a biblical scholar, but. Uh, <laughs> It'd be very convenient. Remember when I wanted to get a degree in biblical theology and then everyone crushed my dreams? Yeah. But look look where you are now. Could I'm, on have been, a, I'm on a couch. Could have been useful. <laughs> could have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Look, you... We're either going to be an artist or a theologian. So, I mean, you got to be ready for these kind of jokes. A theal artist. Theal artist. <laughs> that sounds terrible. An really. artologian? Better, I think. <laughs> Still good, not great. Uh, not good. Really not even good. Not great. But, anyways, I think it would be nice because... Like, I wish I knew more about, like, the origin of the text, sort of. Like, yeah. where like originally started. Because I know there's a footnote um, somewhere in audience three, I believe. Because there's, like, half of it is footnote. Um, <clears throat> it's more than half, actually. It is, it's about three. But, like, look at this page, too. Three quarters uh, of one page, half of the other. Something about how. What was it? Something about this account where 
in the footnote made reference to again the age of it and how I forget who I think it might have been a saint or someone who made reference to say that um, it seemed likely that like Plato was familiar with this account of creation and because based on certain things that he said it just made sense that he would be drawing from this some sort of like inspiration from it uh, and I think I don't know, this whole page is one footnote isn't it mm-hmm. so yeah anyways um, in audience three somewhere in this footnote uh, somewhere it talks about yeah, like like Plato like the ancient Greek philosopher um, and I, I don't remember off the top of my head kind of what dates we uh, put him at but uh, like unbelievably ancient compared to most things we would consider referencing <laughs> uh, to just like think about how old this is and the fact that we're like, looking at it ourselves right now uh, it's incredible a little bit but yes well, yeah so um, but yeah again just how it's so much more I guess not, I guess what I should say is it's sort of less structured than the first chapter of Genesis. Yeah, uh, just in a sense. In a sense. Uh, just again in the, in the way that it's presented. Uh, I think where the first account is like, here's each day in order. Uh, right. This is like, let's see. It kind of skips a lot of like what the first one starts with. Right. It's like, thus the heavens and thus the earth. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts <laughs> of them. And I wonder if... I wonder if that paragraph was added in post. <laughs> as like yeah, a transition, which once... Yeah. If you're not a biblical scholar and you don't know all of this stuff and you're just a lay person like you or me... And you read this, it leads you to believe. I think it might be too, based on the way that this is established, because then it has a little break. Mm-hmm. And then it's another right. account. So I think you might yes. be right about that. To be like, look, this stuff all did happen before. Yeah, and I'm sure somebody yeah. somewhere has said this paragraph was added. Yeah. But we haven't read all the biblical scholars, nope. or even most of them. Right. So, that would be my thought. Thus, the heavens and the earth. But it does lead one to believe that this was a continuation. Um, right. Yeah. So the God bless the seventh. He talks about the seventh day. God mm-hmm. resting. Um. Right. So it just yeah. I mean, it does feel like it's sort of continuing on like right. that. But then you see it breaks. Um, say another account yeah so so let's talk about this real quick not real quick it's gonna take a while then the lord formed man out of the dust from the ground and breathed life into his nostrils i'm sorry and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life Mm -hmm. 
and man became a living soul. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Again, just right away. It's like, yep, body and soul. Both. Mm-hmm. Like a living soul. Um, and again, with these physical attributes. Uh, and again, then, you know, John Paul II is pointing to this to say, right, that this is, you know, most, you know, fully how we, I mean, just in this really, in a way, simple definition of, again, how you would, you know, think probably, you know, maybe like a 12-year-old could come up with, like, if you asked them and they had no idea, um, no other outside influence, like, how do you think God created, like, a person, like, the first person? Maybe, like, I don't know, maybe, like, made him, like, a Play-Doh guy out of the ground and, uh, I don't know, to breathe into him? <laughs> like, maybe not exactly like that, but, uh, you know, this is showing, again, this, this most kind of fundamental truth about who we are, mm-hmm. um, right, that we are body and soul and how important that is, that it's not... Uh, one or the other and it's not that one is better or you know meant to be distinct from the other um, but only together is it really who we are uh, and again that our body is sort of a sign right, of showing kind of outwardly like a way that we can see with our eyes <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know what our soul is reflecting uh, you know who we are yes. in a way which maybe is not the best way to put it but but it's like a roundabout definition of the yeah. sacramentality of the body yeah exactly um and i guess yeah that's something we'll kind of talk about more towards the end of this oh we will chapter yes it's gonna come up a lot yeah i think in so this entire podcast oh yeah forever probably for a long time uh, <clears throat> uh, so this breath yeah of life right like the soul right because animals breathe they do most of them if they're alive are there animals that don't breathe for a certain amount of time yeah <laughs> <laughs> That could be said of anything. Yep. What animal are you thinking of? How long can you hold your breath? Not very long. You know this. (laughs) No, I wasn't thinking of it. Actually, okay. Maybe I was sort of thinking of an animal. Um, Like a a tortoise. A tortoise? Yeah, they can hold their breath for a long time. But then they eventually need to come get air, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) There you go. So anyways, yeah, again, showing the uh, (laughs) distinctness between man and animals. Uh, Even though, yeah, animals breathe, so they're given this breath of life. Right. Also, but that it is different. This is, as you were talking about, human beings are a unity of body and soul mm-hmm. what defines death is when the soul 
is separated yeah. from the body. <laughs> yeah. And the, the flesh dies, but the soul is eternal. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of pivotal moment in that whole understanding of life and death. Right. <clears throat> yeah. That, you know, we weren't create we were like first souls like existed like i think some people right. have that conception of like we're like just like adam souls became first. a man yeah on this breath of life yeah. this um and thomas aquinas i think Ooh, okay. I, yeah don't quote me on this um, Tom. Go ahead. well you know thomas aquinas had a lot of discussion in his summa about the the ensoulment and and subjects related to that um and I don't know how to express this Mm -hmm. in a way that other people could understand but This part of Genesis, for me, is such a vital... Mm -hmm. It just speaks to me that, like, the simultaneous event of, of, like, the creation of a human being Mm -hmm. and their being a human being... Right. It's such a, like... My brain yeah. is like boom. <laughs> yeah. Like and it's like it's not one without the other. Right. It's not like you know he got like used the dirt and from the ground the clay whatever and like you have a body and it could just be a body. Be a body, right? It had to have this breath right. of life, um, right? And without the body, the breath of life has no physical right way of expressing itself. So it's only together that they, they really work. Um, it makes me think, though, that you know, again, talk about animals, right? Kind of how I think to a lot of people it is really interesting mm-hmm. to think about. So, like, if animals, like I think a lot of people question, right? Like, do animals have souls right? without really thinking about it too much? Right. Um, or knowing, you know, what the church teaches on this. Um, I know, I remember, so like, it was probably, probably eighth grade, mm-hmm. um, we were in our second year of reading through the catechism, and wow. we, uh, that, it, it definitely, I forget, it came up at some point, but, like, imagine a bunch of eighth graders who understood Catholicism pretty well, mm-hmm. um, obviously not knowing everything, uh, like to the point that I, I like remember it happening now mm-hmm. uh, like how sort of passionate <laughs> emotionally you can get about this question mm-hmm. it's like think about your own pets like and then so the oh. questions that follow are like is my like is my do dog do all dogs go to heaven <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah it's like how does that because like is there are their souls immortal, like a human? Right. You know? Um, so we cannot go there right now. No, we probably shouldn't. 
<clears throat> we should. I, I just think it's really interesting. But come to terms with it, everyone. Buckle in. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, what I wanted to go kind of back to is, um, just we were talking about names and how mm-hmm. important names are. Uh, in this account, in the uh, original text, uh, originally... Uh, are you going to speak some Hebrew? Yep. All right. Pretty basic stuff, I think, to most anybody. Like, if if we had a, a biblical scholar, they would uh, not be impressed at all with this. That is, I'm literally reading from John Paul's name. Become a patron. Help us get a biblical scholar on staff. Ooh, that'd be cool. I don't think we can afford that for a very long time. How much do you think biblical scholars are charging these days? Do they have a lot of... Is there... What kind of supply and demand are they working with? Low supply, high demand. <laughs> are they high demand? I feel like for college professors and... Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that market. If I know anything about the Catholic Church, though, they're not <laughs> too much. Oh, what are you talking about? That's where all the money is. <sighs> yep, bank of Rome. It's all in the church. No, Kate. What no. if somebody listens to this who doesn't understand that we're joking-ish? Well, now they know. But what they don't know is all the secret knowledge you obtain working for the church. Secret knowledge? Yeah. Yeah. Like what? I can't talk about it. <laughs> that wouldn't be a secret. Um, anyways, in uh, <laughs> this account of creation, uh, when it starts... Whenever um, it's talking about the man, it uses the name, the way I've heard it pronounced by people is Adam, for Adam, right? That's where we get that name, Adam. Uh, And uh, again, it literally means man. Uh, So just like, again, that um, I think I always have to explain this to... Uh, or I feel like I need to explain it to uh, the 8th grade classes is to say like when we're talking about theology of the body when we say man we mean like mankind like humanity yes not necessarily just as a species yes Um, and it kind of makes sense here that you know originally that's how Adam is referred to Mm -hmm. there is no one else it's just him so there's no need to differentiate Right, but once you have uh, Eve, right, then it, it switches. It no longer calls him Adam. Um, it calls him, and I'm probably mispronouncing this, but it calls him Ys. I It's sort of like an I-S looking thing with a lot of different <laughs> little marks on it. All right, move along. You're going to offend some people. <laughs> Good. Um, but yeah, like Ys meaning male, right, and then Eve... Uh, being referred to as Isa, the woman, right? And again, it even explains in the scripture uh, right, that she's called woman because she has been taken from the male, right? Because God puts Adam in the deep sleep, takes out his rib, makes Eve around that. Um, so you're literally taken from uh, the male. So again, you see this relation between them again even in um again just in their very being and again specifically in the the naming used i think it is 
you know. Well, that they're yeah. made for, from and for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you see that too, because I mean that's always kind of the big, um, sort of like the big reveal to Adam uh, when he wakes up after having his rib taken from him. Notice he doesn't either doesn't notice or doesn't care about that. Um, Does he? He knows though. I think he knows. Yeah, he he would he, he would says, know. Alas, this woman is bone, bone of my bone, bone flesh of my flesh. flesh. Right. She shall be called Eve. Mm-hmm. She will be the mother of all the living. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So. Also, I recited that without reading it. That was good. Maybe you'll you'll be a biblical scholar yet. Um, Maybe just not spending time on social media will allow me to remember things better. <laughs> Maybe. Read some more. Yes. Uh, so, again, that this is, uh, <clears throat> again, not something that's, like, explicitly stated in the right. text. It's something you have to, you know, luckily we have someone who's kind of looked through it all for us. Um, or you have to have this kind of understanding yourself, um, which I would dare to say the vast majority of people wouldn't take this from here. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like I've said, like growing up Catholic my whole life, so much of this I had never had any thought of until um, being introduced to Theology of the Body. But to really be able to look at it and understand it and again that we're for now at this point right we're still in that reference of um, Christ's words in Matthew 19 and uh, Mark 10 talking about um, he was questioned about divorce uh, right and how Jesus refers to the beginning to say that this is how it, it's meant to be um, <clears throat> you know and for us to really understand what he's saying uh, you know to a certain extent like John Paul II says in his first audience that you know we don't really need to dig into it too far um, to kind of get like a surface level understanding um, but like Jesus is trying to show us <laughs> to us today what we can actually take from this again if we really understand it um, and again, that we, you know, <laughs> so many of us w- wouldn't, not even just for lack of trying, but just, again, like so much thought has to go into this. But, um, but anyways, I think that's something that's really important to, to take from um, the second account is how, uh, and again, this is kind of the probably the biggest difference between the two accounts is that um, in Genesis 2 you have man and woman being created sort of separately mm-hmm. uh, and kind of getting a deeper look into what the process itself looks like right. of that happening um, and again seeing that it's more about the relationship between them um, and God as well right. uh, whereas in the first account it's it's been kind of taken to be um man's relationship between god and relationship between the rest of creation right um where this is much more about the the man and the woman um again being created male and female yeah 
You know, I just noticed. Yeah. I misquoted that. Did you? I'll yeah, you... because he doesn't call her Eve until after the yeah. fall. What you were... Uh... I combined half of one and, and half the yeah. other. So it says, This at last is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because Ooh, she was taken out of man, to your point, yeah. Isa and Isa. Yeah, that's what that's been. Well. My apologies. I tried. You tried. Again, not a biblical Catholic, scholar yet. I don't read the Bible. True. Really can't hold it against against us for not knowing the Bible that way. Uh, <laughs> but... We're joking. I'm not. Then that's your business. Like, that's just, that's my experience of Christianity in general is that it, it, it's been true that the Catholic, most of the Catholics I know don't know, um, at least don't like Catholicism quote. is such a devotion heavy yeah religion mm-hmm. not not that the bible is not important but I think it frequently gets overshadowed yeah plus I think it is very which is not I don't think not, it's not necessarily a good thing so my thought is it kind of has been for a while that um it's actually it's a very Catholic uh, thing, right? To not be able to like quote a scripture directly with the reference. Yes. Um, Given that <clears throat> all Catholics joke about it, right? All the time. It's probably the second most uh, Catholic used joke, other than uh, the good Catholics sit in the back of MS. I think that's the one oh, that. Man, I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah, that's the one. I, I feel like I've, I've heard most. In my life, but um, it's it's a very Catholic mindset too, and I maybe not intentionally, and maybe not for the best. Um, I would say not. Of no, no, no of of not um, being able to like, quote scripture with the reference. Yes. Um, that it's not about. I think Jesus tries to show us it's not about you know knowing the letter of the law. It's not about memorizing all these things. It's about having them in your heart. And that's why I think most people who really are Catholic who understand what they believe um, will know <laughs> you know t- different parts of the Bible you know right. to like if you tell them you know hey this is um, whatever like Romans 12 or something to be like oh yeah like I sure I've heard yeah. that um, and that makes sense to me they're not going to be like what no I've never heard that that can't be from the Bible I remember for a catechetics course that I took, I think it was sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I think it was before we met. Uh, we had to memorize, oh my gosh, you would have thought it was the end of the world for all of us. Five whole scripture verses, like one or two verses for the whole semester. One at a time, too. And we were just beside ourselves. Literally did more than that in high school. Well, some of us didn't get the great books version of Catholic school. That's not... I'm not even, like, sad about it. I don't... 
I mean, as you know, my high school was good. It was very good mm-hmm. for for theology and not letting us do immoral things. Yes. <laughs> and it was it was good, but I think that. We were just so focused on the relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. at that age is a very good thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the time for memorizing scripture is childhood. Mm-hmm. Or if not then, <laughs> adulthood. Like, later. <laughs> now I feel like I'm like inclined yeah. to memorize scripture. Uh, okay. Interesting. The verse that sticks with me, that comes to mind now, is... um, I think it's... Does it come to mind now? No, I know the verse. I was trying to think of which book it's from. I think it's from one Mm. of the... Like, Peter. First or second Peter, maybe. Peter. Um, Yeah. Like, always be ready to... Give a reason for your faith. Defend your faith. Um, It might be Paul. Paul's my guy. Yeah. He always, like, ends up being my guy even when I think I'm quoting somebody else. Mm -hmm. But that kind of compels me to memorize scripture. Mm -hmm. But I think equipping young children with scripture Mm -hmm. is very good. But that, like, middle school, late middle school through early college age. Yeah. I think it's developmentally appropriate mm-hmm. to focus on the relationship mm-hmm. because that is a time in most people's lives where you really start to feel the burden of relationships or especially lack thereof. Yeah. Definitely. You want to feel and know love and you want to not be alone and mm-hmm. yeah when I think when young people that age uh, experience that it can it's like life changing yeah I mean it can be for anybody but like I think it's it's especially right powerful um, then that it's like you're not alone um, you know you do have yes God right it's like a father who loves well, you and to have good adult faithful Catholic role models Mm -hmm. is just I don't think that there's anything that can match the value of that Mm -hmm. Um, who genuinely care you know there's 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 focusing on the relationship with God and then there's (laughs) emulating that (laughs) with that relationship if you are an adult and you can be a model of that relationship mm-hmm. for a young person to a young person mm-hmm. I think that that the value of that is immeasurable yeah I mean I speak you know that I mean that's how I ended up where I am yeah same <laughs> to a degree yeah. a little different story but yeah. Like, just my whole life being surrounded by so many 
faithful strong, faithful adults. Yeah. Yeah. We like set that example who like made it interesting right. <laughs> to care about your faith. Yeah. Well, very often, you know, this is one of my pet peeves. It, people say, good faithful Catholics, in my eyes at least, will say, well, that's the responsibility of the parent to raise a child in the faith. It's mm-hmm. the responsibility of the parent. And I used to get very tense about that. I don't know. Really? You know, because if you're using that phrase, it's the responsibility of the parent to model the faith, to be that person, to whatever, as an excuse for you not to be. Yeah. To a child who's not your own. Mm-hmm. Then that's bad. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you can't... I think there's there's kind of two ways to look at that. Like when mm-hmm. people say, you know, it's the responsibility of the parent to, you know, raise the child in the faith, which is true. And it's what the parent, you know, agrees to when they have their child baptized before the age of reason at least. Right. Um, and the, it's a duty of the godparents as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if somebody, you know, is saying that, you know, I'm not going to do something to try to be <laughs> uh, a model for this person right. in the faith, that, well, like, what, you're just going to abandon them <laughs> when maybe they don't have someone else well, who's going to step up for them? If everyone... Yeah. Acted mm-hmm. as a model of God's relationship to a younger person. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine what our church would look like? Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> that would be insane. Yeah. In a good way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but. Yeah, I want to really quick to, mm-hmm. um, again, kind of going looking at the younger children. I think too that you know, kind of developmentally, like you're saying, is that's the time to be like memorizing, yeah, scripture. Because I and I just like again in my experience of, um, you know, looking at these kids who you know we've worked with like fifth grade, sixth grade, yeah, like. I just, I'm, it's, I don't know, it was almost eye-opening to me a little bit when, uh, just before Halloween, my, uh, the younger class. Yeah. Um. Which is fifth. Like mostly fifth. Fifth and sixth graders. Yeah. Uh, they were asking, like, are your kids going to dress up for Halloween? Like, do, do you celebrate Halloween? <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> celebrate Halloween. I could get candy somehow. Um, uh, and they were like, what, like, what are your kids going to dress as? I I sort of just laughed because I knew, uh, they were going to like, just, I don't know, either like make fun of me or, um, and our kids for being (laughs) probably what seems weird to them. Jesus freaks. Or they would just like be confused. Um, 
But yeah, I don't like Anne Bentley. She's going to be Mary. By her choice. Yeah. <laughs> like, we did, we did not make her do that. Right. Uh, and then, it's like, Caspian is going to be uh, Jonah. Yes. So, you guys know Jonah? Yeah, like, no. No. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, like, how do you not know it's Jonah? It's one of the greatest stories of all time. Yeah, like... Like I couldn't, I almost couldn't believe they they didn't know Jonah. They never heard the story of Jonah. Yeah. So I feel like even when we were younger, there would be like, I don't, not like spinoffs. At <laughs> least, well, as a person who was not raised in any particular faith denomination, like yeah. there were Christian mm-hmm. undertones yeah. in my family, like. Mm-hmm. I had stuff that said, Jesus loves you. And I was like, alright, this Jesus guy, like... Hey, suits. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, we... I knew about Jonah got yeah. invited. I don't know where I learned it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like... Jonah and the whale. Yeah. And... Probably VeggieTales for our, <laughs> our generation. Well, I didn't watch VeggieTales. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is very disappointing to some people. Yeah. Not me so much, but yeah. Yeah, well, you know who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Shout out to my bestie. <laughs> Good. <laughs> my ever disappointed in me bestie. <laughs> yep. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, it, it's like, it, it, it does seem so different that like, cause I, even when I was like really young, even up until being like maybe like 10 or a little bit older, um, my family wasn't that Catholic. Um, it wasn't until I was a little bit older. Um, I feel like but, your family when you were before, are we talking like before the bookstore? No, before moving to New Hampshire. Okay. I feel like your family was probably, like, the normal... (laughs) Yeah. Like, your average Catholic goes to church Mm -hmm. on Sunday. It doesn't really affect... Mm -hmm. Out any part of their lives outside of that. Yeah. It was really important to get the sacraments. But why? I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe they knew. Yeah, they probably... Well, I think it was... We'll have to ask. Yeah. I bet. I bet. I never really thought about it. I bet your mom would be willing to discuss that. Yeah, because I I think they'd be the first to, like, acknowledge, like, they were not really... Oh, yeah, she told me. Catholic, like... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But... But it it was still always, like, something would be there. And I guess, I don't know, part of it, too, I guess, going to... Catholic schools. Yeah. Literally my whole life. It's even though they weren't that great in retrospect, most of them. Well, you and I have very high standards now. Because of our high school and college experience. Our high school and college experiences and then working with Yeah. Public school, Catholic school, homeschoolers. Yeah. In this area. Mm-hmm. The state of education in our particular area is not good all around. Yeah. It's really not. Um, 
Yes, and that's very unfortunate, but I think for us, we, because we work with these kids and they can't read or form coherent sentences, mm-hmm. um, or not form coherent sentences, uh, express coherent thought yeah. is more okay. what I wanted. <laughs> They, they can speak, obviously. Yes. <laughs> um, otherwise, you and I wouldn't be saying like all the time. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they... Oh, it's just so... Yeah, it's like way below anything, any standard, I think, that we were ever oh, held to. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and not just by, like family but even in the school system <laughs> right yeah definitely oh my gosh like the things we're expected to do like light years beyond uh-huh um most of what these kids tell us right <clears throat> i don't want to get too but anyways yeah yes <laughs> memorizing scripture is a good thing to do yeah i just i, I thought that was interesting i just wanted to mostly talk about yeah how Caspian was Jonah for Halloween um, and you did the whole handmade costume that I, w- I would love to share with you want to the put world that on that Instagram yep throw it up on this on the video oh. on youtube.com well, put it where I accidentally forgot to better than one podcast better than podcast <laughs> yes um, we'll get the name right one day one day the pictures that I have of him, like, aren't very good, though, because but, he was, once it was completely finished. But it's him dressed in the costume, so it's true. of course it's perfect. Okay. Yes. Um. Yes. Well, I think one thing I want to say, um, to kind of bring us back from scripture and memorizing is mm-hmm. that when you have children... It's more important to read and engage the scriptures Mm -hmm. than to just blanket memorize. Because they'll remember it. Mm -hmm. They'll remember the story. They might not be able to quote it word for word, but who cares? Because, yes, you should be able to defend your faith. Mm -hmm. But also, you should have one to begin with. Right. And that, again, is what we will, I'm sure continue to talk about over and over and over again because mm-hmm. it's just theology of the body is that um, looking to what Jesus calls us to what he asks of us and not um, looking at our faith the way that uh, you know we see people in the Old Testament looking at their faith mm-hmm. of you know these are the rules memorize it follow the letter of the law um Right, but what Jesus is calling us to is to, you know, not just know it, but live it, um, and to the best that we possibly can, um, you know, to, to really change our lives to follow this teaching, um, and like take it into our heart, right, and not into our, just keep it in our head. Yeah. Um is what he calls us to. I told one of my students, mm-hmm. like, um, 
Wait, what did you just say? Um, we don't want to keep the teachings of the church in our head, but in our hearts. I totally forgot. Cool. Well, it made me think of what I always tell uh, all my classes before the tests that uh, they take. Like, you know, explain to them that you know, this is what's going to more or less be on the test. This is what it will kind of look like. Um, and, of course, they all ask, like, um, what's, like, the lowest score we need to pass? What's the lowest score? Um, that's always a question. But um, one thing I always tell them is, like, here's the important thing. It's, like, I mean, I speak for us to them, because mm-hmm. I feel like it is, we're on the same page, um, that we don't care that much that you can, you know, memorize and write down these things we're teaching you onto a piece of paper right. to then just forget about it immediately after. Yep. It's more important that, you know, hopefully this has some kind of impact on your life that you can see, you know, hear what we're saying, see what the church is really teaching, Mm -hmm. to take it to heart and believe it and make it a part of your life. And let it change your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I tell them. I remember now. Yeah. Um, I think I said this to my sixth graders. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of atheists who know about God. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Definitely. And we don't want you to be one of those. Mm-hmm. You know, where you've learned all of this stuff, but it's just an assignment. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You go into a whole thing about, uh, like, I don't know what the term would be, but like, ex Christians who become atheists. And, I don't know, in my experience, it's like 99% of them, it's not necessarily, like, a logical thing. Right. It's Even a, though that might be what they use to defend it. Um, it's more uh, just based on their experience of people right. in the church. Uh, it's emotional. You know? Right. Which, it, you know, in all fairness, like, I, I get it. To a degree, um, that if you have a bad experience, people make it harder for you to be, yeah. uh, to want to be part of the faith. Um, especially if you see people who are, that seem to be kind of faking it. <laughs> um, you know, that makes it seem like, you know, what is the point? Like, you know, if I'm trying the best I can, uh, but all these other people who, as, pretend or say that they're <laughs> yeah. you know, Catholic um, you know if, they, if they're not really doing that what is there to this um, you know and whatever else they might say but again it's, yeah. it's a lot of times like he's emotional um, or relational again to like their uh, experience right. um, which uh, again like I, I understand it to a degree um, but at the end of the day you know what's really important is what you know, again, we're looking at <laughs> closely here in John Paul II's words. Um, the idea that there's more to it mm-hmm. than that. That this is not, uh, you know, just... Well, it's about the relationship that God wants with each person. Mm-hmm. Not... 
our our relationship with the church and the people in it. Right. Not to say like we shouldn't have that relationship, but the purpose of learning all of this is not is to have a relationship with God. Yeah. The end goal of this is each of us mm-hmm. and God. Right. Not how we all relate to each other within the church. Right, not like an, an interpersonal level. Ultimately, yes. we having that. Um, right. We're still a communion. Yeah. We're still, we still have to relate to each other. But if we're going to talk about... Spoken like a true introvert. Ugh. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. That came across forceful. Um... Yes. Sorry, I threw off your. No, it's just. I just want to emphasize that, like, the people in the church are just as sinful as anyone else. Right. Any anybody in the church. And doesn't matter who. We don't want to be reductionists in saying Mm -hmm. like. The end goal is to be in the church. The end goal is heaven. Right. You get to heaven most expediently by being in the church, but not because of the people who are in the church with you. Yeah. But because of the faith and the standards and the the life Mm -hmm. that is lived according to the church Mm -hmm. as ordained by Christ. Right. I mean, and yeah, like how much greater... It'd be if, yeah, everybody is on the same page and oh, gosh, living yeah. it out, right, in an ideal world, uh, in the garden. But um, now, right, that this it's, it's not how it is that we can't hold everybody in the church up to some mm-hmm. impossible standard and say, that, oh, just because they fail, even no matter how badly or over and over again, Right, it's like, oh, well, what's the point? Right. That, um, you know, we have to realize that it's much more to it than just the people in the church. And that, um, you know, while the church is made up of people, people don't, it's not really what's making up the, the, the church for what it is. Um, right. That it's right, established by God himself. Yes. Um, and so, like you've said, right, it's, it's about that heart individual relationship with God first and foremost yeah Yeah. I think that brings us full circle to where we kind of picked up at um, during the last episode with the redemption of the body um, Mm -hmm. and that destiny so to speak Yeah. so I think we want to yeah just well let me um, just a final thought Mm -hmm. that will kind of hopefully bridge to our next episode yes um, is that uh, sort of his point in talking about both of these accounts of creation I guess specifically is um, focus on Genesis chapter 2 uh, John Paul II wants to point out the difference between the um, these two uh, situations he says of um 
man, right? the original man before uh, sin and then the now after having sin, mm-hmm. uh, sin entered the world. Uh, a man living with sin in that experience. Um, so again, that's why we're, we're kind of looking at these to see, you know, he's kind of showing more closely, like, this is who we were meant to be originally. Right. Um, and that's what we'll talk more about uh, next time. Yes. Is these original experiences. The original experiences, yeah. That, I think that's going to be a good one. I love talking about that. Yeah, me too. Um... Yeah, so that'll do it. That'll do it. Do you have your closing segment? Oh, yes. Let's do it. Uh, this time, you... Uh, I don't want to say you cheated. Uh, I didn't but cheat. It just no, that's what you didn't. It was just there. You could see the color already. Yeah. So just we'll go for the taste test. I didn't know they were there. And I don't know what it is. Well, kind of. Make sure the recording's still going on the computer. Yeah, that'd be heartbreaking. Oh, I know. Yep. Okay. We did it. Alright. It'd be cool if we could, like, turn the computer around so we can see. There's probably, yeah, a better way for us to do that. We're in our living room, though, so... And now... Talking about Mountain Dew, baby. You're not gonna put in the actual, like... I will. I just wanted to say it also. Okay. I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. All right. So this, uh... <laughs> I, like, just took a sip of wine. <laughs> Terrible timing. No, not, like, while you were getting it, but... Yeah, like, a, a While you were ago. finishing, you said one last thing, and so I was like, okay, <laughs> you take a bigger sip of wine than I have all night. Yep. Okay. That's okay. So... I gotta... I don't have to close my eyes. You don't. I have to see what... I'm going to try it. I forget the actual flavor of it. This obviously came from Taco Bell. Not an ad. Nope. No sponsor from Taco Bell yet. Nope. Yet. (laughs) That's Sean's dream. We'll get there one day. Alright, you give it a try. I'm going to verify the actual flavor. Do you like it? Better than the first. (laughs) Oh god, the first one was awful. I'm so sad the video, like, didn't get that yeah. facial reaction. Yeah, me too. This one is... Okay, got it. Like, like a watered-down Fanta. Okay, well, first of all, it's been sitting there in ice for, like, way well, over... Uh, to be fair, I thought the Baja minutes. Blast was watered-down. Oh, yeah, it was. So, so, this is, like, orange-flavored. Yeah. Because it's... I forgot the name already. Oh my goodness. I got part of it. It's like longer than normal. Okay. I don't dislike it. I just don't think I like Mountain Dew. It's gonna be a long... However long we do this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) However long they keep making new flavors. Yikes. Yeah. Now, the thing is, I don't know if this is... Well, I guess technically... Have you ever tried this one? Probably. At some point. Um... I don't know that this is, like, exclusive. Like, you know how Baja Blast used to only be in Taco Bell? It's yeah, not anymore. is it not anymore? No, they sell it in bottles. Oh no. my gosh. They have for a little bit. Um, but I don't, like, I don't remember seeing this a lot elsewhere, but... 
Anyway, so what? It's so you like, said watered down Fanta. It's like watered down Fanta. Okay. Um, pretty sure it's supposed to be orange flavored. Yeah. It's. It tastes like. Like um those orange fizzy. Like vitamin C. Oh yeah. Okay. Fizzy things. Yes. I don't know about. In water, like, but uh, with like extra carbonation. Like emergency. I've never had emergency actually. Oh okay. Well, I think that's what you're. Is that describing. the same concept as what we give Benny when she's sick? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that. yeah. So it's okay. All right. Not as terrible as. Read it out of ten. Like a. Like a four. Four. Okay. All right. Like a ten. Out of 10 for Mountain Dew or out of 10 for anything I've ever drank? Because I was drinking port wine a second ago. Yeah, I guess keep it to Mountain Dew. So now you've had, you've tasted three different kinds. Yeah, so I think this one's the best one so far. Really? More than Baja Blast? Uh, Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they're tied. Wow, shocking. I'm shocked. Well, I'm sorry. Not that shocked. Okay. All right. Well, this is a uh, Mountain Dew. It's called Kickstart Orange Citrus. Kickstart. Which makes me. I don't remember if Kickstart, like Mountain Dew Kickstart, is like it, like the energy. Like Mountain Dew, I can't remember. Did you just possibly give me Energy Mountain Dew at? Like, like two sips. Eleven fifty oh at gosh. night. How did it? How did this happen? Because we took like a thirty-minute break to eat dinner yeah. at nine forty-five. <laughs> oh, what kings will be? <laughs> uh, we have to do these podcasts after our kids go to bed because we both work during the day, and our kids are three and one. Yep. And. It's pretty impossible to record anything without interference at yeah. any other time during the day. Plus, as it is, pretty risky since their bedrooms are right there. Yes. But, anyways, it's ha- it's worked so far. It has. Thank God. Honestly, there's no other way Yeah. <laughs> that this would happen. I feel like... Even though we've run into some technical difficulties and yeah, I think that'll frustrations. Expect the quality to improve I over hope. time. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. Um, I feel like we're supposed to do this podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. Benny would have gotten up like four times by now. Usually, yeah. She was tired today, though. She gets up multiple times a night. Yeah. Every other night that we're not recording. So far, yeah. So. She did get up once for this. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, we're gonna call it a night. Yep. And. We'll uh we'll come back. Next week. Next week with the original experiences. Yep. That will be 
airing. Airing? Do people still say that? Premiering. Premiering? I don't know. Dropping? One? Dropping. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, on Christmas Eve. Yeah. We'll make it nice and Christmassy. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe we'll do something... Special. Special. For, uh... Maybe we'll do a bonus episode. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, please like, subscribe. Visit our Patreon if you like what you're hearing. There are a lot of tangents, but you can't say we didn't warn you. True. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Better Than Wine. Podcasts. Twitter, oh, sorry, <laughs> Better Than Wine podcast. Twitter is underscore better, better than, than wine. wine. You can find all of our links on our social media pages. Well, on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter doesn't allow that kind of character count. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's everything. Yeah, and feel free to throw any questions or yes. comments in comments or through email again yeah it's in the description we already have some questions for yeah. i think it's going to end up being two weeks from now it's go- it's regarding the fall okay good so yeah great all right well thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time catch you on the flippity flip